Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Best Thoughts Podcast. I'm Rick Johns. And I'm Will Johns. And we are so excited to share with you need number six, the Mm. one that takes you to the next level, the Mm. one we've been promoting this entire series uh, of season three. Rick, what is need number six? Drum roll, please. Need number six is giving back. Woo! Yes! That is the last and final and kind of highest need to take you to that next level of thriving and just really feeling good about life. So, Rick, you know how we're always talking about the fact that we try to practice what we talk about. And so I have attempted to put this one into practice right off the bat today by giving back to you something that you desperately desperately needed. Mm. And, and, and can you guess what that is? No, and I am <laughs> scared as to what that is. So it's something that is on your microphone oh come on this little (laughs) foam cover on my microphone well that is true that is true so listener my brother has needed a foam cover on his microphone yeah since we started this podcast yeah and i could not get him to order one so i finally did it and you should notice a slight improvement in our sound quality today thanks to my giving back well, at least there'll be no popping and things like that. Yeah, I was using a towel, a hand towel, which apparently bothered my brother enough that he ordered it for me. And he did make some less than kind. I mean, I think the giving back we're talking about is more out of the generosity. I think he just got frustrated that I didn't order it. I don't know this is out of any deep love. So th- this giving back probably doesn't fully qualify. Uh, this one's more like a, a backhanded compliment or something like that. But uh, anyway, I have given back. That is my one good deed for today. Hopefully yeah. I'll find a way to give back in other ways. You know, this brings up an important point right off the bat with this need. I'm sure there are some listeners that are saying, what? That's it? You're telling me that to take my life to the next level, I've got to think about other people. I've got to give back to some cause that's bigger than I am. And yes, that is what we're saying. But right off the bat here, I think, Rick, I want you to answer what could be a bit of a difficult question. How is focusing on someone else helping me feel better? Well, I can only speak directly for myself to say I definitely notice when I get involved in giving back in some form or making a difference in some form, I just feel better. It's fun it gives me purpose, it gives me meaning, it takes my eyes off myself, which I think a lot of our, as we've discussed, a lot of our problems are kind of that negative story and that negative self-talk that we can have about, we talked about it with the need for connection and, and belonging, and that we can tell ourselves nobody wants to be my friend, nobody this, but if you just set that 
negative voice and that story aside and say, hey, how, how can I get involved in something here that would help others? How can I commit to something that will make a difference? Now your eyes are off yourself. It's off that negative story. And guess what? You're probably meeting a bunch of other of those five needs we've mentioned in mm. the process of meeting need number six. Mm. Oh, that's great. And I think that's something that we need to look at also right off the bat is that when we are giving back, it's actually for our own benefit. Yeah. And it, it's a weird, uh, selfish thing to do. We often think, oh, you know, when I'm giving, it has to be done altruistically and it's all about the other person. It's nothing about me. And we add this heightened purity of motive into the equation. And that's not really there. It doesn't have to be there. Yeah. Uh, when when you uh, listen to the teaching of Jesus, he simply says, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And, and he doesn't say you have to give with this ultra pure motive. You have to do it perfectly. It's just more blessed to give than to receive. And maybe a little thought exercise could be helpful here. I know it is for me. If I imagine my life constantly receiving, but never able to give, it just feels empty to me. Yeah. It feels like, ugh, I would hate that feeling because some of the most rewarding times in my own life have been when I've been able to do something meaningful for somebody else. And I don't think relationships actually work if you're just going in with the mindset to receive. Mm. I'm going to get everything I can out of this person and every person that's in my life you're going to be very alone quick because people don't want to be around someone like that. They don't trust somebody like that. And you'll drain people. So this whole focus of I've got to get, 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 especially in relationships as well as the rest of life. But in relationships, I just it doesn't work. So we need to quote Jesus at another place where he says, give and it will be given back to you. Mm. And with the measure you use, mm. it will be measured unto you. And yes. that's where the blessing and the selfishness, if you will, of giving pays dividends. Because when you give to others, it, it, it inspires them to give back to you. Here, here's a simple illustration as well, uh, right along those lines, is think about the last time you were able to share Christmas morning with a young child. It could be a niece or nephew, it could be your own child, it could be a grandchild, it could be any young child, and think of the look of pure joy on their face when they open a present, and then ask yourself, who enjoyed that experience more? Yeah. The person who gave the gift or the, or the child opening it? Yeah. The other thing that, that we need to look at is that giving back is really a win-win. Mm -hmm. And Rick, tell us more about why, why that would be the case. Well, I think it ties into what I just quoted Jesus, give and it'll be given unto you. For instance, in the church world, of which I'm immersed, uh, you can see people, when they are participating in church and active in church and part of our body, if they have a need, like they're going to move and they need some people to come help them load boxes in a truck or something, we instantly all rally around and do it for them. Mm. Because they are connected, because they're giving to our church, we all come and help them move. 
And guess what? The people that come help them move, one day, one of those people may need to move. And they'll come to the church and say, and we'll all go help them because we're happy to help them because they've helped others. And so it becomes this kind of reciprocal blessing uh, where everybody is there. And if you don't have that giving, then people are going to show up. If you're not connected, if you're not giving something, you're probably going to have a hard time finding people to come help you when you need help. I, so. I've, I've got a great story that goes with that, Rick. Uh, I was pastoring a church in the past that wasn't really known for its generosity, but there was a member who'd been a part of that church for years. Uh, he'd been a deacon for years. Everybody loved him. He was there. He was always smiling. He was he was much beloved by the church as he gave back to the church constantly of his time and energy. And he fell on a need where he had a leak in his roof. And, and this church board that had fought me tooth and nail to spend just a few dollars on this or that voted to spend $4,000 to fix his roof in a heartbeat. Mm. Like they didn't bat an eye. Yeah. And it shocked me. I thought, wow, <laughs> I did not expect this. Um, but it just proves your point. Yeah. When someone's a part of the community, when they're seen as a giver, uh, people just don't hesitate to give back to them. Absolutely. And it comes back to, it's kind of like the metaphor Jesus used with a seed. He said, unless the seed goes into the ground and dies it won't produce a harvest. And mm. one seed, if you think about nature, one seed can produce hundreds of seeds in the fact that if it grows up to be a tree and every year casts off seeds, and then all those seeds could become trees and could cast off more seeds. So this giving thing is built into our, it's, it's natural. It's built into the fabric of our world. And nature shows us, and I think we just function and thrive the best when we're participating in that giving and recognizing that how we give and in what ways we give, it can then spread in ways we could never even imagine. And what we're talking about here is really an abundance mindset. Yes. It's this mindset that says, I've got plenty so I can afford to give. Yes. And here's the weird thing about this abundance mindset that uh, I want to mention is that sometimes we have to act like we have plenty, even when we don't feel like we have plenty. Yes. So I'll share a quick story along those lines. Um, and this one has to do with, with money. But about five years ago, our church was starting a capital campaign because we had some serious remodeling that we needed to do. We needed new bathrooms. We needed new HVAC system. Uh, we needed new flooring, just a, a bunch of upgrades. And I felt convicted after praying about it and talking with my wife to give a certain amount of money over a three-year period. And as I look back at it now, it really wasn't that much. But at the time, it felt like an enormous amount of money, like, <laughs> like way more than I should have ever attempted to give. But I felt convicted to give it. And, and several people that were part of this campaign kept saying, you know, when we trust God with our finances, when we give generously, 
God always gives back to us. And I'm like, I don't think that's true. Like I, I was, you know, here I am the pastor. I should be, you know, promoting this. But I was very, very skeptical. And I thought, you know, that just sounds like a great way to, to get people to give more money than they should. And I was <laughs> extremely skeptical about this whole thing. But I felt convicted. So, so my wife and I committed this money. We gave it monthly over a three-year period. And at the very same time, we were trying to figure out how we were going to come up with enough money uh, to put our kids through a, um, a high school, a religious high school. And, uh, and so we were, we were wrestling through that. And the long story short is somehow, some way, we ended up with more money to cover all the expenses that I could have dreamed of when I made that donation. Hmm. Like it, it blew my mind how everything ended up working out. Yeah. I still can't even explain it to you. And you know, Rick, how much I go over the budget. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But I can hear the excitement in your voice. So that's what we're after is there's such a joy. There's such an excitement when things work out like that and you, you give and you see it make a difference and you see it come back to you. And, and it does. It makes life worth living. And I think you're right, Will. I think the abundance mindset, which is very difficult for us, it's yeah. easy to talk about. We all can, oh, yeah, sure, I want to have an abundant mindset. But, man, our natural bent is to a scarcity yes. mindset. Yes. And the scarcity mindset, which I think is probably one of the biggest barriers, if not the biggest, to giving back, is this belief that there's only one pie and you can only cut it into so many pieces and then it's gone. And you yes. may not get a piece of the pie if you don't jump in there and grab it and take it. Otherwise, the pie is gone, you don't get any, and you're left without. And it seems very rational. The scarce, scarcity mindset seems very reasonable and rational, except that it's just not the way our universe works. We're yeah. actually in an abundant universe that's constantly renewing, growing, multiplying, and we're spiritually connected to a God of abundance. Mm. And we have to connect to that and retrain our brains and retrain our thinking. And again, I think this comes at those higher levels. We're saying that this is the highest level of need. If we can kind of get those first four levels met in an appropriate way, then this is what really makes life meaningful, is, wow, this abundant mindset that I can just give and cast money, cast time, cast ideas, cast my own skills and labor, just throw it out there into something to make the world a better place. And and I just see such joy coming from that. And what I've found for myself is that taking action is the first step to changing my thinking. Okay. Especially when it comes to abundance mindset. And what I found is when I give... And then I feel different about mm. who I am. It's like, it's like my identity changes and I start thinking, I'm an abundant person. I'm a generous person. I'm a person that can afford to give something to someone else. Yeah. And it switches something in my brain, but I sometimes have to do it by faith. I have to just force myself to take yeah. the action 
Yeah. And then the mindset switches. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you just have to look around and see what's available. If you're going to a church, there's always needs and ways to get involved at church. We have some outstanding programs for our young people. And I know we have a hard time finding volunteers, but when people volunteer, I always hear from them. You know what? It was more of a blessing to me than what I did for the kids. Mm. And I just love being with the kids. And I just love going camping with them. Or I love helping them with certain honors. Or I loved teaching them from the Bible. And there's a joy there. And it seems like a big commitment sometimes. And it seems like I don't have the time to do this. But like you said, Will, you just have to commit, get involved, and the rest, the rest will work out. That reminds me of a story uh, about my niece and her husband. They are newly married and uh, just living off love right now. <laughs> you know, not much in the way of means as they're finishing their degrees. And my niece is wor working as a waitress. And I had this opportunity when we went to a coffee shop together just to kind of sneakily pay for what they ordered. And I, I caught the eye of, of the um, woman behind the counter taking their order and said, you know, make sure you let me pay for it. And they kind of placed their order and were surprised to discover that, you know, they didn't have to pay. They're like, oh, thank you, Uncle Will, for that. And that little thing, you know, it wasn't much money, mm -hmm. but it just sparked a lot of joy in my heart. Yeah. Because I remembered what it was like to be at that stage in life that they were at. Yes. Where you just didn't have much in the way of money. And so the tiniest little gift was always appreciated. Just someone buying your coffee uh, yep. was just, wow, you know, I got a free coffee and a free pastry or whatever. And, and what a great person to do that for me. I mean, there's so many ways we think that we are the victim or that we, oh, I don't have enough money. I don't have enough this. I don't have enough that. Until you look around and realize, actually, you have an abundance. Mm. And for anyone that's gone, especially on a mission trip, I highly recommend it. If you know there's some sort of crisis in the world, there's always some organization going over to help. You know, bite the bullet, go on one of those trips and go help because you will come back different. You will come back recognizing, man, I take so much for granted. Look at the people in this country or that country or in this location or people that have just been through some sort of, you know, natural disaster or something. You start to realize how much you really do have. And so it kind of, again, chips away at that scarcity mentality that's, that's really a lie. And you realize, I can give back. I can do something you know, Will, I thought of just a simple way that I did it this week, just a couple days ago. Uh, one of the people in my life, I realized their mother was dying and mm. had been dying now for a while. It's been kind of a slow process. And I realized I hadn't touched base with them in a long time. So I just wrote a really nice text and just said, hey, I know it's probably hard. You're probably running on fumes by now because uh, the last time I talked to her, you know, it could be, you know, the mother could have died any day, but mm. now it's, you know, a month or two later. And so I just said, you know, uh, just thinking of you, hoping you're doing all right, uh, saying a prayer for you. And I didn't think much of it. I sent the text 
It took me all of maybe one minute <laughs> to write it. And then the response I got a couple hours later was just overwhelming. And she just thanked me. Like she just needed to know that somebody cared. She just needed to know that somebody was praying for her because this is a tough time yeah. to watch her mom die, to take care of her and all the emotions that come with that kind of thing. So you can just give by saying kind words. That's a way to really make a difference in someone's life. Absolutely. Um, just those, just a little text in today's world can make a huge difference in somebody's experience. And it's a simple, easy way to give back. You know, when I, when I think about giving back, we need to just take a couple of minutes here to look at some of the things that get in the way of it. You know, why? Because I think, I think when we're healthiest, we just want to give back. Yeah. I really think, you know, when the other four needs are met and we're, we're doing well, it's just what we want to do. Yeah. But there are some things that get in the way. And, and for me, one of the big ones is burnout. Yeah. If I don't take good care of myself, if I'm not proactive about meeting those first five needs... Yep. Then I might feel burned out and say, oh, I have nothing to give. Yeah. I'm running on fumes. I feel awful. And, and also, you know, there's, there's moments where life beats us up pretty good. And yeah, we may not have a lot to give in those moments. Right. We may need to reach out to someone else at that moment to take for just a little while. But that taking is always temporary. Yeah. We don't live there our whole life. No. And so that's just one that uh, I've noticed I have to pay attention to. And I think for anyone listening, if you've been getting angry about this episode where we've been telling you to give back or feeling resentful, <laughs> that's a sign. Just go ahead and stop the episode now. You're not ready to hear it. Go take a spa day, get your massage. Yes. Do something to fill your own soul. Do something to meet those first four needs, because that's obviously where you're at. There's something out of whack there. But if your first four needs are met, it will be pretty natural to get excited about then giving back. But obviously, if you're in some sort of trauma or going through some sort of life crisis, maybe this isn't the moment where you're going to be able to jump out there and give back. But maybe uh, when you get those other core needs in their proper relation, then this need really jumps out and really becomes satisfying. Well, and another thing that gets in the way is what you already mentioned uh, a number of times, Rick, is the scarcity mindset. For sure. So it's the opposite of the abundance mindset. And really, this mindset is rooted in fear. For sure. When I think, oh, man, I don't have enough. I'm going to go bankrupt. Oh, I'm going to run out of energy. Oh, I can't possibly do this for this other person because it'll just wipe me out. That's a scarcity mindset. That's fear driving our lives. And it's a major barrier to this whole concept of giving back. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of ways those little fears, and they can kind of come in different voices about, well, if I give, I can't give too much money because I'm still trying to build my savings, or I can't give too much time because I got to work on over here, or I got to spend more time with my kids, or I haven't finished this, or I haven't finished that. There's always little fears that if I give, there's not enough left for me or my family or something. And you do have to kind of weigh those things, but don't let fear 
be the driving factor? Yeah, boundaries, of course, are still needed. Uh, if, we, if we overdo this one, we will head to burnout and then we'll stop giving back. So, yeah. you know, we have to be wise about it. And there's another way that wisdom is absolutely needed. And that is sometimes in our attempts to give back, we miss the real need of the person we're trying to serve. <laughs> and so in that case, we give them something we would want, but they may not necessarily want. I have a story about that. I'm sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> There's a famous story in our family when I was a young man that, you know, the, the best toy that you could buy when I was young, and this dates me, was the Slinky. I mean, how could you beat this Slinky? It had cool ads on television. It went downstairs all by I itself. hated it. <laughs> and so I really wanted a Slinky for Christmas. And I'm quite sure I was pretty young at that time. And I asked my younger brother, uh, who, uh, who did not seem to want a Slinky, what Didn't he wanted want for it. Christmas. And he said, anything but a Slinky. <laughs> I forgot that. <laughs> Anything but a slinky, because he knew me, and he knew how excited I was about the slinky, and he knew I would get it for him. So I took that to heart for about three seconds, and then I thought to myself, you know what? He just doesn't understand how good the slinky is and how much fun it is. And you know what would be super fun is if we each had a slinky. And so I rationalized in my mind, because I so wanted a slinky that certainly he would want a slinky too. Now, I was probably only six or seven. I don't know how old I was. But let me tell you, just to end the story, I did give him a slinky for Christmas, even though like a day or two before Christmas, he started getting very suspicious that I had gotten him a slinky. <laughs> and I do remember him saying, if I have a slinky Christmas morning, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> So even at the threat of my own life, uh, I still ventured. <laughs> I was very angry that Christmas morning when I opened that present. And when he opened the slinky, to my shock, uh, he did not see the great joy in it. And even after Christmas morning, as I tried to get him to do the slinky with me on the stairs and whatever... I still could not get him to come to see the real value and joy I, of the I'm Slinky. I'm still bitter about this gift to this day. So, so yes. this shows how bad it can be when we miss the need by giving someone else what we think we would want, but not seeing what they might want. So I, I could think of a couple other examples, Rick. You know, it's like the, the husband giving his wife season tickets to the football game, you know, <laughs> she's not into football. What a good idea. Uh, you know, the, the, the wife giving um, her husband a cookbook for, for his birthday, and he's not into cooking, you know, so we can, we got to be careful with this one. It takes wisdom to think yeah. about what is this person who's different than me? really want. I think we need to be careful with our stereotypes there, Will. <laughs> women cooking and men watching football. But nonetheless, we'll, we'll gloss over that to get the point, which is you have to think about what the need actually is. And I see this in the church, Will, where well-meaning Christians can kind of insert themselves into situations and try to, quote, give in the way they want to give or give advice that's unsolicited or unwanted. Yes. Or, uh, you yes. know, try to 
you know, rescue someone who's not quite sure they want to be rescued by you. Or, or giving someone a Bible study that really wants food because yeah. they're hungry, <laughs> you know, so, yes. Right, there's, there's a lot. So if you're giving for your own self-righteousness or you're giving because you want to prove you're a good person and you're a holy person, um, you're probably not going to be giving what is needed. So you need to step back and say, what can I do that actually helps, that makes a difference, that would be a blessing to the one or the organization that I'm going to give to? And that really brings us to where we need to start wrapping this up today. But I want to take a few minutes to look at ways that we can give back that really do work for us. And the place to start, as we've done with all six of the needs, is with a faith in God. Uh, Because faith in God fills us with that sense of abundance. God is abundant. God blesses us with abundance. And in that abundance, we can then give back to others without fear of running out. Yeah, absolutely. So, so that's, I think, a great place to start here is just to, to fill up with faith in God, with meeting the other needs, so that the giving back overflows out of us. Yeah. You know, and we can look around. There's so many organizations that are helping meet basic human need. And I think there's probably one out there that will tie into something you care about, something you're passionate about. We don't all have to give to the same thing. Maybe you have a a soft spot in your heart for animals so you can help with uh, an animal hospital or a shelter. Or maybe you have a soft spot for the homeless and so you can volunteer and help at a homeless mission or you wanna help feed those that are hungry or you have a soft spot in your heart for children, you want to be a big brother, a big sister. So just think about what kind of uh, hits your heart with the needs of humanity, and you can try to plug into a group that that helps meet those needs. I, I love that one. I think that's such a great way to give back. Another thing that you can do is use the wisdom that you now have from this podcast where you're aware of what the six basic needs are and meet the needs of those close to you. Think about your best friends. Think about your spouse. Think about your your parents, your children. Think about, you know, what what might be missing for them? What's a need that I could help to meet for them? Maybe they need a little more certainty. Maybe they need a little more love and connection. Uh, Maybe they need a little meaning or purpose. And, And just think those through it's a really kind of fun and, and interesting way uh, to give back. And I guarantee they love knowing that you care. They love knowing that you love them. You know, we don't, we don't tell our loved ones very often. In fact, they're often the last people that we thank or share how much we appreciate them or appreciate certain qualities about them. So you can just start at home and that will make a big difference. And Will, you were saying about the podcast, I thought you were going to ask people to leave us a review or rate us because oh, that's, yeah, yeah. that's a way to give back if you've enjoyed the <laughs> podcast. Leave us a nice review, rate us, and or share our podcast with someone you think would be blessed by it. So There we go. That, I, I love that suggestion. I thought that's where my brother was going. That's it. That's perfect. And yeah, you know, when, you, when you're blessed by something like this podcast or even another podcast, dare I say, 
That's not <laughs> ours. I'm sure it won't be quite as good, but uh, <laughs> whatever. A uh, good book that you've read, you know, something like that. Again, using wisdom. Don't don't force it on somebody, but throw it out there to them, and and see you know what they might think. See what how they might respond. It might bless them in a very similar way that it's blessed you. But to kind of wrap up these different ways to give, and we're just scratching the surface here. We're not we're not being comprehensive in some of these ideas we're throwing out. But there is the possibility to give money just basic mm-hmm. straight up money to an organization or to some cause that you believe in and rick this can have a powerful effect on someone's life well it reminds me of a powerful story from my own life there was a time just a number of years ago where i was living all by myself and I was alone and I was having a really difficult time because of how life was going for me. And I remember a Friday night where I went to the dinner table and I was going to eat, but I was so depressed. All I did was stick my head on the table. (laughs) I remember it feeling so heavy and just feeling so discouraged. And as I was there with my head on the table, just feeling beaten up by life, I said to God, God, where are you? Like, what, what's happening? I need, I need your help. And then I had this flash, and it, it must have been from God. I don't know that I recognized it at the moment, but I had this flash of, you know what? I can't let this be the end. I can't be, let this be the, how the story ends. And I remembered that about a year ago, I had heard this awesome presentation at a, a weekend conference I went to, from a young lady who had gone to Uganda. She was so, her heart was so moved by the needs and she saw children there that were orphans just roaming the streets with no care and nobody looking after them and no help. And she just came back to the US and said, I gotta do something. And she began a ministry she calls Crystalis. And she formed an orphanage and she also sponsors kids to get them in school and gets them into other people's homes. just an awesome thing. And she was telling this story and it really touched my heart. And I, I wanted to give to that organization. I wanted to sponsor a child, but I hadn't done it yet. And so as my head's on the table there and I'm feeling overwhelmed, I have this flash like, hey, I know one thing I could do right now. I could go and sponsor that kid that I've been meaning to do. I just hadn't done it. So I crawled out of the chair, got my laptop, signed up, sponsored the child, put in my credit card information. And it was such a victory for me that giving back became such a moment, even though it didn't change entirely my feelings, I knew now somebody's counting on me. Now my life is making a difference. I'm helping getting a child out of poverty. And if I've done nothing else good with my life, which right then it didn't seem like I had, then that was it. I had a kid who was counting on me. And and what was cool about that whole experience is not only did it give me a sense of purpose and meaning through a really hard time in my life, I ended up through that sponsorship getting to know the head of the organization at Crystalis. I ended up being asked to join their board. And I've served on the board now for several years and been able to use my, not just money, but my influence and other connections to help grow this ministry and to help many other kids in Uganda. And so 
crystalist.org if you're interested i'll put in a plug for them because i'm on their board yes you can give back to something and to someone that's very worthy a very legit cause and you just feel like okay if nothing else i've done something for someone who really needed it and what i love about that story rick is that when you gave it changed your mindset yeah maybe not your feelings right away but in your mind you knew I have something to give. I'm making a difference in the world. There is something that I've accomplished in this life that matters. And it's so powerful when you do that. Yeah, and in our American culture, we are so surrounded with so much stuff and so much unnecessary objects and materialism that this is what actually gives you meaning. It's when you go, I'm gonna help somebody. I'm gonna do something that makes a difference. So I'm challenging anyone out there, and even if you're in a low time right now, even if you're in a moment where you're just like, I don't know what's next, find something to give to because it can give you that lifeline of, okay, at least there's something I'm doing of value and someone out there that needs me. I love that idea, Rick. And that wraps up our need number six. So we've gone through all six needs now. And next week, we're going to talk about how the needs relate to each other. And you won't want to miss that. It's very interesting for us to observe what's happening in our own life regarding these needs and what we can do about it when we see how the needs relate to each other. That sounds great, Will. So we will catch you next time in our next episode. But for now... You've been listening to Best Thoughts with Dr. Rick Johns and Dr. Will Johns. We look forward to being with you again next week.